It's a cucumber, right? It's a cucumber. Do you know what this is? It is a pickling cucumber, yes. So this is a cucumber you slice and put on a salad. This is a cucumber that you pickle, and it turns into this, not the jar. That would be a miracle, right? That would be a magic trick to turn a pickle into a jar. But no, no, no. So the, the pickles are in the jar. And so this becomes this through an interesting process. And that process is literally baptism. <laughs> you may be thinking, Sean, you didn't take your meds today. The, you would be wrong. I did. But um, in the second century before Christ was born, around 200 BC, a Greek poet and physician by the name of Nicander talked about it, gave a recipe for making pickles. Now, I've told you before that the New Testament was written in ancient Greek. And the ancient Greek word for baptism or baptize is the word baptizo. And it is this word, one of the clearest examples that we have of using this word was by this guy named Nicander who used it, he used this word baptizo in the recipe for making pickles. He said what you would do is you would, there's a word bapto, uh, which means to dip. You would take a, a pickling cucumber and you would dip it in boiling water to prepare it. And then you would baptizo it, you would baptize it by putting it in a vinegar brine solution and here's the cool thing, is that when you baptize a pickle in a vinegar brine solution, I'm looking at you. When you, it fell over. It, when you baptize a pickle in a vinegar brine solution, it changes the pickle permanently. And we get this beautiful picture of what baptism does to us when we get baptized. And we're going to talk about that today. We have a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. I'm going to call out a few of them. And if, if one of these is your background, feel free to just raise your hand. So we have a lot of people, like I said, from a lot of different backgrounds. Perhaps maybe you came from a Catholic background. Any Catholic background people? Sure, quite a few of us. Uh, maybe you come from a Lutheran background. Any Lutheran folks? Sure. Uh, Methodist? Any Methodist folks? Yep, a couple. Um, maybe you come from a Baptist background. Anybody from a Baptist background? Quite a few, yeah. Uh, or maybe you come from a, uh, like me, uh, from a Christian church, Church of Christ background. Any Christian church people? There's quite a few of us. You know, I, I was born and raised Christian church. Uh, I grew up uh, at the first Christian church in Crown Point, um, and that's where I grew up. Uh, and uh, have been part of the Christian church pretty much my whole life, except for about nine months in college. But anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, we don't talk about those dark days. Um, but, uh, I, like I said, I, I grew up in the Christian church, uh, and, and maybe maybe you didn't grow up in a church at all. Anybody, no church background? It, okay, there's a few of the never no church at all. And, and here's the thing. While we may come from different backgrounds, and, and while we may have different uh, views and and points of view on things. Here's the thing. We all love GFCC. We love coming here. We love worshiping God. We love Jesus. And we're, we're helping people follow Jesus. That's our mission here at GFCC. And we're learning to grow in faith together. And we love being together. We love this thing known as GFCC. And so today, I, I, I'm not trying to uh, exclude anybody. I'm not trying to ostracize anybody. I'm not trying to point anybody out. I just want to talk about baptism. And I want to talk about a biblical plan of salvation uh, of which baptism is a part. Now, I want you to know this right off the top, that baptism alone does not save you. It can't. No, we are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. 
And if you get baptized without faith, if you get baptized without believing in Jesus, you're just taking a bath. That's it. You're just getting wet. Now, when it comes to baptism, like I said, it's part of a biblical plan of salvation. It's part of it. Uh, the first part of it is you have to believe. For you to have faith in Jesus Christ, to trust in his saving work on the cross, uh, you've got to believe. You have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he's the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and that he died for your sins. You've got to believe. You also need to repent. Uh, and uh, repentance, the Greek word for repentance, is a change of mind. It's not a change of behavior. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. Because we've been trying to change our behavior for thousands of years. And over the last couple hundred years, we've been trying really hard. In fact, lots of people made a lot of money writing self-help books about how to change your behavior. Go to Amazon.com and search self-help. You'll find trillions of books all about it. And lots of people going, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to write a book about it and make a lot of money, which is what they do. And all those books, every single one of them tells me the same thing. We can't change our own behavior. We can't. We need help. That's why God, God's grace gives us the Holy Spirit. So you've got to believe. You've got to repent. You need to publicly acknowledge your faith by confession. You need to confess Jesus as Savior and Lord. And you need to get baptized. And that's what we're going to talk about today, this baptism. And what does it mean to get baptized? And why do we do it? And how should we do it? We're going to talk about all those things, and we're going to hop all over the New Testament today. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture that have to do with baptism. Uh, if you uh, have your uh, phone and you want to uh, follow along, you can pull out your phone and go to the GFCC app. If you haven't gotten the app yet, go to your app store, uh, iTunes or uh, the Google Play Store, and search for GFCC, and you'll find the GFCC app. You can take a sermon notes. Uh, in the app, you can give online through the app. You can uh, get push notifications about all the cool stuff going on around here. So if you haven't gotten the app yet, get the app. Uh, also, the words, all the verses will be up here on the screen. And we're going to start in the book of Matthew. And we're going to look at two passages from the book of Matthew that are kind of like bookends uh, of the book. The first one is in Matthew 3, and it has to do with Jesus' baptism. A relative of Jesus by the name of John the Baptist. How many of you have heard of John the Baptist? All right, everybody's heard of John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. And uh, so John the Baptist is baptizing people in the Jordan River as a sign of repentance, of turning to God. And so Jesus, his relative, uh, Jesus' mother Mary and John's mother Elizabeth were relatives. So we know that Jesus and John were related. Um, may have been cousins, not really sure, not really told, uh, but they were related. And so uh, Jesus comes to John the baptizer out there in the Jordan River, and this is what happens. John, uh, Matthew three thirteen says, Then Jesus came from Galilee, which is the northern part of Israel, to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Verse 15, Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. So Jesus tells John, I need to be baptized by you in order to fulfill all righteousness. It is right, it is the right thing to do. And Jesus sets us an example of the right thing. He identifies with all of humanity in his baptism. And we are to identify with him. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We talk about Romans 6. So we identify with Christ in baptism, and he has set us this example for us to follow. Verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son 
whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And so we see that Jesus, one of the questions people have is about mode of baptism. Uh, there are a couple different ways that people get baptized, whether it's by sprinkling or pouring or immersion. And people wonder, what is the proper mode of baptism? And the Greek word for baptize, baptizo, literally means to immerse. And that's how Jesus baptized. We'll talk about the history of baptism in just a second. Um, but that's how Jesus was baptized. They came up out of the water. And so uh, we also see in Romans chapter 6 that when we get baptized, uh, our baptism is a spiritual uniting with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. Check this out. Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So we were buried with Jesus in baptism and raised to new life. And this is the, the picture that we get of a death, a burial, and a resurrection in baptism, which is why we don't sprinkle when we baptize, we fully immerse, because it is this death, burial, and resurrection uh, in which we identify with Jesus, and in which we are spiritually united with Christ. And somebody may ask, well, you know, Paul talks about grace there, and, and isn't baptism a work? And, and that idea of baptism being a work didn't come about until 1571 with a, 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 a reformer by the name of Zwingli. And he said that, no, baptism is not an act of grace. It is, an, it is a work. It is something that you do to come to God. And baptism is not a work. Baptism is not something that you do. Baptism is something that is done to you. You can't baptize yourself. You can't go out to your swimming pool and dunk yourself. It's, baptism is an act of submission and surrender to Jesus, and it is an act of obedience to Jesus. Um, and, and Jesus is the one who told us to do it. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but it is, an, uh, it is not a work. Martin Luther, the famous reformer, said this about baptism. He says, baptism is not our work, but God's. It is in the moment of baptism when God uh, does his work of washing away our sins. And like I said, this is something that Jesus commanded us to do. In Matthew 28, we read about the Great Commission. Uh, and this is what Jesus told all believers to do. This is what we're told to do. Uh, Jesus came to them and said, Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so Jesus commanded all authority, and heaven and earth was given to him, and he commanded that all nations be baptized. Everyone, everywhere be baptized. This is his command. And as his followers, we are commanded to do this, to baptize all nations. And so it, it's not uh, optional. It is not something that we can just, you know, kind of slough off and go, well, you know, if, if you decide to do that, it's okay. And if you don't, it's okay. Jesus commanded it. And, and, and from what I can tell here in Matthew 28, he's in charge. And what he says goes. And, and to disobey Jesus is, is a terrible sin. We are commanded to baptize all nations, which means all nations are commanded to be baptized. So we are called to baptize and to be baptized. Um, in the book of Acts, we see baptism everywhere. It's all over the place in the book of Acts. 
Uh, in Acts chapter 2, we see that uh, on the, it was called the day of Pentecost. It was the feast of Pentecost, and all the Jews from all over the world were gathered in Jerusalem for this feast. And the Holy Spirit came in power on the believers and on the apostles. And the apostles began to get up and teach uh, about who Jesus is, and they, they preached about who Jesus is. And, and so the apostles get up and they're preaching about Jesus and, and everyone heard them in their own tongues. And so if you were from uh, Greece, you heard uh, the apostles preaching in Greek. Uh, if you were from um, uh, Africa, you heard uh, the apostles preaching in your language. If you were from uh, anywhere in the world, you heard the apostles preaching in your own language through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Peter gets up and he begins to preach this powerful sermon and the Bible says that the people were cut to the heart. And they said, brothers, what shall we do? And this is what Peter said. Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And the Bible says that three thousand people were baptized three thousand people accepted their message and were baptized on that day and added to their number three thousand people i don't know what kind of crossfit they were doing before that day to prepare like if they were lifting weights or cross training or doing squat i don't know because three thousand my arms would fall off i'd like to give it a shot i'd like to give it a try but three thousand people added to their number on that day that's amazing. That's a, that's a powerful work of God. Uh, in Acts chapter 8, we read the story about uh, an Ethiopian. And he was reading uh, from the scroll of Isaiah. And, and the apostle Philip was coming along and, and the Holy Spirit told Philip to go talk to this Ethiopian official. And he goes over to the chariot where the Ethiopian is. And he asks him, do you know what you're reading? He says, how can I unless somebody explains it to me? And it says that, uh, the book of Acts says that... Um, Philip began to share with him the good news about Jesus. And this is what happened. Acts 8, 36. As they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. And so Philip and the eunuch go down into the water. And, and what this tells me is that when Philip shared the good news about Jesus with this Ethiopian official, he included baptism in that. Because it never says that he shared the good news with him about Jesus and told him that he needed to be baptized. It just says he shared the good news with him about Jesus. And then the next words out of the eunuch's mouth are, look, there's water there. Why can't I be baptized right now? And it says he went on his way rejoicing. It is thought that perhaps the Ethiopian eunuch was the first missionary to Africa. How cool is that? And so he is baptized and he goes on his way rejoicing. And later in the book of Acts, we see the Apostle Paul recounting his own uh, conversion experience. And before he was Paul, his name was Saul. And he was a Pharisee, a religious leader in Israel. And Saul was uh, persecuting the church. He was putting Christians in prison. He was overseeing their deaths. And he was going to Damascus in order to um, uh, arrest more Christians. And on the road to Damascus, a light shone down from heaven and Jesus, he, and Saul had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. And he said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, is what he said. 
And then he, he was led into the city of Damascus. He was blind for three days, led into the city of Damascus where a man named Ananias, a believer named Ananias, came to him and shared with him the good news about Jesus Christ. And, and this is what Ananias told Saul. He says, and now, Acts twenty two sixteen. and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name, calling on the name of Jesus. In the Old Testament, in the book of Joel, the prophet Joel wrote these words. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so how did Ananias tell Saul that he needed to call on the name of the Lord? To be baptized. Get up, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And when we get baptized, we're calling on the name of the Lord. In, in 1 Peter, the apostle Peter talks about Noah and the flood and uh, how the, the people were saved out of the flood, that Noah and the eight people were saved from the flood. And, and this is what he says about the water, what Peter says. He says, this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. And so baptism is a part of the plan of salvation. It is not just an optional uh, experience of the Christian life. It is a part of the plan of salvation. It is not the plan of salvation. Baptism alone does not save you. We're saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ that is expressed in belief, con repentance, confession, and baptism. And so, and, and you know, like I said, you may have come from a different background and you're thinking, man, this is a lot, this is a lot of information. This is, I don't know what to do. Well, I, I have some steps that you can take if you want to go deeper, if you want to take this to the next level. Your first step is to go deeper in faith. If you're on the fence about Jesus, if you're on the fence about faith in Christ, uh, I want you to go deeper in your faith. That means I want to have a conversation with you. I want to talk to you about who Jesus is and what a difference he makes in our lives, what a difference he makes uh, in, your eternal, in your eternal destination. I want to have a conversation with you. If you're watching online uh, here this week, um, I'm talking to you, camera, uh, but if you're watching online, I want you to call me. I don't care where you are. If you're, if you're watching this in like New York City, call me 219-895-6692. I'm putting my phone number on the internet because this is so important that I will talk to you, internet people, uh, on the phone uh, about baptism because it is so vitally important. So 219-895-6692. Y'all can use that too if you need to, uh, if you need to. And you're like, what's that number again? I'm not giving it to you again. Should have written it down the first time. Um, or call the office, 219-924-6840. Uh, email me, seancornett at gmail.com. Uh, however I can help you take this step of, take your next step of faith, I want to help you take your next step of faith. And like I said, maybe for you, that's just to go deeper in your faith, to get off the fence about who Jesus is and start to put your faith and trust in his saving work. Um, when it comes to uh, another way that you can go deeper in your faith is to take our next membership class. Our next membership class is coming up by the end of, uh, about the end of this month, and we'll have more information for you next week on that. And that's a two-and-a-half-hour class where we go over what we believe as a church. And we talk about faith, we talk about grace, we talk about baptism, uh, and we talk about salvation and sin, uh, heaven, and, and we want you to take that class. So if you've never taken our membership class before and you're interested in joining GSCC as a member, we're going to have that class toward the end of the month. Uh, and we'll, like I said, we'll give you more information about that next week. Uh, is to go deeper in faith. And, and, and maybe, you know, that's the step you need to take. And you need to join a connection group or you need to take a membership class. And you need to find out what it is that, and kind of decide in your heart exactly what it is that you believe. 
And then if you're not on the fence about faith, if you're like, yeah, I believe in Jesus and I believe that he died for my sins, I've just never been baptized. Well, your next step would be get baptized. Get baptized. We had a guy last night who uh, came forward uh, after the sermon. Uh, and, and maybe that's what the step of faith you need to take today. That in just a few minutes, uh, we're going to sing a song. Uh, and during that song, you can come forward and say, you know what, I want to get baptized today. We have clothes that you can change into in the back room. Uh, we have hot water. That water in that baptistry is always about 98 to 100 degrees. And that's not so that we can have hot tub parties as a staff. We don't do that. We don't do that. All the, and that water is not like holy or blessed or anything like that. That is highly chlorinated Griffith, Indiana tap water heated up to 100 degrees. That's all it is. There's nothing special about the water. It's about God's grace. And so if you're ready, we're always ready. The reason we keep that water 100 degrees all the time is because we're always ready to baptize somebody. I got baptized on a Tuesday night, December 9th, 1981. That's when I got baptized. And maybe for you, that's a decision you're, you're making. And it's like, well, I'm kind of shy. I don't know if I want to get baptized in front of all these people. You don't have to. Just make that decision and do it as soon as possible. And because like when Philip got baptized the Ethiopian eunuch, it was just the two of them out in the middle of nowhere. It's just the two of them. What's important is that you make the decision and that you decide that this is the step of faith that I need to take. Um, uh, and you may be wondering, uh, sometimes we get a little concerned. It's like, now, hold on. I, I've never heard this before, and, and you're telling me that I need to be baptized by immersion while I, what, I was sprinkled as a baby, and is that no good? No, no, no. I'm not saying that's no good. Your parents, if you got sprinkled as a baby, your parents were making a decision, and they made a decision for you that they wanted you to grow up and love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. They wanted you to grow up and have a relationship with Jesus. They wanted you to grow up and, and have a journey of faith. And your journey of faith has led you here today. And your journey of faith has led you to this message. And this message is for you. I'm not saying that your baptism is no good. I'm just saying that you need to decide for yourself. You need to make that decision for yourself that you're a believer in Jesus and you want to take that step of faith of baptism. Instead of having it made for you, that's a decision you need to make for yourself. Well, what about those people in my family who were sprinkled and never heard about this, never heard that they needed to be immersed? There's a professor at Cincinnati Christian Seminary. His name is uh, Dr. Jack Cottrell. He wrote a book called uh, The Faith Once for All. It's a theology textbook. Uh, that I have in my office. And I was reading some of what he said about baptism uh, this week. Uh, and he points to a passage in the book of Romans that talks about uh, uh, what he calls the principle of available light, that you can't be held responsible for things you don't know. Uh, for example, in Romans 4.15, it says this, where there is no law, there is no transgression. So in other words, the people who were not Jewish and didn't have the Jewish law couldn't be held responsible for the Jewish law because they never heard it. They were responsible for the law that was written on their hearts, according to the first part of the book of Romans, that God has put his law in our hearts. And so we have a basic kind of understanding of right and wrong, that we choose to do the wrong thing over and over and over again. But the people who never had the law of Moses couldn't be held accountable by the law of Moses. And so the people who never heard that they need to be baptized, never heard that they need to be baptized by immersion or anything like that, they can't be held accountable for that. But you are here today and you've heard this message and we've presented this message and now you're kind of responsible and accountable man I knew it bait and switch no no it's what God's word says and as as someone who 
you know, I, I have a responsibility as a preacher to present God's words the best I know how. And so I think this is so important. I think this is so vitally important. And like I said, here in a minute, we're going to sing a song. And if you've made the decision that you want to get baptized today, you can come forward during that song. Or if you're not ready yet, if you're like, nah, I'm just, I'm on the fence, I'm not sure, come talk to me. Talk to me after this service. Talk to one of our elders after this service and say, okay, I want to talk a little bit more about this. Or set up an appointment to talk with me this week. And let's get together. Let's, don't put it off. Don't wait any longer. Let's, let's do this. Take that step of faith. Experience God's grace in a brand new way. Take that step of faith. Now, if you have been baptized, and you're wondering, well, great, you know, what's my next step? Your next step is to share your story. How has baptism changed your life? When you got baptized, what did God do in your life? How has he changed your life since that day? I look at baptism as kind of like a marriage ceremony. Okay, so when you got married, or when you were thinking about getting married, you probably got engaged, and you did a lot of premarital work to get ready for your wedding day. You planned the ceremony, uh, maybe you met with a pastor a few times, uh, and uh, maybe you um, took some classes or things like that, and you were preparing to get married uh, toward that day. As you got closer to that day, you were preparing to get married. And I see your journey of faith. If you've never been baptized, uh, I see your journey of faith as kind of like that marriage ceremony, like all the work going into it. Your journey of faith has led you to this point. And here's the starting line. And baptism is that starting line. You're going to step over that line. And maybe for your life, um, maybe when you got baptized, it changed everything. You understood scripture better. You started living in the Spirit's power more. Uh, you, you understood things that you never understood before. You started telling other people about Jesus more. What has baptism done in your life? How has it changed your life? Share that story with somebody. And maybe there's somebody sitting next to you right now who's like, Man, I don't know what to do. Maybe turn to the person next to you and go, are you baptized? What, why did you do it? Or, did you give your life to Jesus? Why, why did you do that? Share your story with somebody. Tell somebody about how Jesus has changed your life and how that started when you got baptized. I said, it's kind of like that marriage ceremony. It's taking that step of faith and, and, and stepping into a new life. And Jesus is waiting with open arms. He's not here to judge you. not here to condemn you. He's here to welcome you. You know, here at GFCC, There's a lot of gherkins in the pickle jar. But there's always room for more. There's always room for more. And so maybe you're at that point and you're making that decision and you're just a little pickle going, what do I do next? My friends, today is the day. Now is the time. Make that decision and get baptized.